Welcome to another edition of Flying Solo. I'm Mike Golick, and again, this is be under the Golick Family Starring Advance podcast. You can find it under that umbrella, but I'm flying solo here, though still need to think of a new name because I'm not flying solo because my wife is sitting down here next to me. Do you not think I can do this alone? It seems like I always say, I'm going to go down and do the podcast, and you, you follow me down and sit right next to me. Oh, is that how it goes? Yes, that's how it goes. Because it's as visual, I can make up any story I want. That's not very nice. All right, so that's not that's what's not happening? That's not what happens. You ask me to come down. So I do. I can read your questions for you, <clears throat> Yes, and then I go about my business. We, we love having people ask questions, sports and non-sports, and instead of just hearing my voice, voice drone on of asking the question and answering... Chris comes down <clears throat> to ask the questions, but we always, you know, kind of splinter off into different topics as well. And one of the first is, and, and I wonder out there, uh, this is mainly for, I, I guess, the guys, I guess the women too, if if your spouse forces you to watch something that you don't want to watch. So this could go either way, however you do it. I'd like to know it. Again, my my... Uh, Twitter's uh, at ESPN Golick, and my wife's is uh, at ND Mom. She forces me to watch The Bachelorette and The Bachelor. Now, on now is The Bachelorette. And my son Mike watches it, and he's in like a whole group. He does. He has right. a whole group of people he watches it with. At and different houses, during, and they tweet about it. it. Yeah. So he's way into it. Sydney's way into it. Jake could care less about it. You're into it, and you make me... Now, I know what people are going to say. You can just go in the other room and watch something else. I like quality time with my wife. I feel like it's ripping, just ripping the Band-Aid off, because once you start watching, you you consume so much content, I feel like... You go kind of go into it, kind of resisting it, but once you get in, you're all in, and you're all well, in. Well, this. I, you're I, all in now. I, I get all in because it's like it's like a ticking time bomb. <laughs> I, I don't like the show, but it's almost like the train wreck. If you can't turn away, a I can't believe people are this idiotic. You know, <laughs> okay, because because they are. Whether it's the Bachelorette and a bunch of guys, or it's the Bachelor and a bunch of girls, it's ridiculous. Now. One of the biggest differences this time, and, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time in on this because I don't want anybody just clicking off the thing or fast-forwarding. <laughs> but at least Claire, who is the Bachelorette, is the oldest Bachelorette at 39. So what we don't have is a lot of flighty 23-year-olds. We do not. You know, it, just it seems to giggling be, and laughing. It seems to be more deep conversation yeah. and, as Mike put it, almost like therapy sessions yeah. for one another on the dates. So being a little older as we are, I, I don't mind it as much. But the show is going to end early because she has already picked Dale, who in his, you know, when they font his name, it always says, what you do? It says former NFL wide receiver. He was on a practice squad. So, you know, he's putting down as an NFL wide receiver. And she's already fallen for him and basically going to leave the show. She's going to end the show and just say, I found him. That's another thing where age comes into into, into play, right? She's like, well, I found the guy, so I'm gone. Right. And I, I mean, I kind of respect that. I'm going to be curious to see just the fallout on the show, though, how this all goes down. But I guess, like, if you know, you know. And, like, why drone on with all these other guys? Well, it, it, it depends. You're getting paid to be on this show? Because if you leave the show, you ain't getting paid anymore. Well, I mean, if she's truly <clears throat> there for the right reasons, the, the pay doesn't matter. Truly there <laughs> for the right reasons. Did I hear you just say that? I mean, let's face Tru- it. A lot I'm, of the people go on there, they want to become famous. I'm going on a show for 12 weeks to find the man or woman of my dreams. How stupid does that sound? But there are people who have gotten 
married okay. for that show and All have right. families. What, what is, what is the, the percentage? I don't know. Low. Let me, let, let me help you here. Really low. Not low. What? Really low. You know what? It's. Not, I know Ryan Sutter. I think yes, he is yes. one. Actually, we've, we became we've kind of know kind him of know him. The He's married. They have kids. Yep. I get it. But oh, just about. I can't name another one where they stayed together. They're, oh wait, didn't Jordan Rogers? Are yeah, they together? They're together. They're not married yet, as far as I know. They're okay. engaged, but they're together. Yeah, let's wait till they get married. Okay, yeah. let's wait till they seal the deal. Because I mean, let's face and, it, the odds aren't in your favor. No, it's not. So, so they're on it. They're on it for their fifteen minutes of fame. Most of them, and, I would okay, say. Yeah. and listen, the ratings bear it out. It's in like year nine thousand. Right. So if enough people watch it, it comes back. That's how TV works. So I'm I'm roped into watching that, and then you're you right. Liked it this I, week. I get into it a little yeah. bit, you know. And God help me, and I'm sorry it there went is, on this there long. There is not much content that you will not consume. That that is true. I am a I'm big Netflix, HBO, Showtime, Amazon Prime. I'm I'm a big. I'm really into Lucifer right now. Big that's, time that's into, your show right that's now? the one. And yeah, you highly recommend it. Highly or? recommend it. We have to. We have to get back into Shit's Creek. Yes, we do. Uh, because the it, kids it, have been watching it, and supposed to be hilarious. And I, I mean, love it because it's a half hour. Right. It's, right. And yeah. Everybody just raves about it. So we need to kind of. We're like three or four episodes yeah. into the first season, and the kids have said you kind of have to get through the the beginning part of it, and then and as a, and as we end this portion of what we watch on a streaming, <laughs> um, the, your favorite show is coming back, right? Oh, yes, The Crown. The Crown. It comes back in mid-November, yeah. and I cannot wait, because we're getting to the part where it's like Princess Di right, and that right. kind of thing. Yeah. So it's a story I actually like familiar that. with, and I'll, I'm really curious to yeah. see how they, they actually, do with it. I actually like that one as well. We, yeah. we, we enjoy watching that one. All right, All right. Uh, enough, enough about, of that. Enough please of don't us. click off. No, please. Uh, if you fast-forwarded through, uh, you know what? I understand. Yeah. All right, so let's get to some questions, sports, non-sports questions, before I get into, we have a number of topics out here uh, without question. Well, the, uh, a lot of people are asking first of all of what game you're doing this weekend i am doing a couple of ranked teams so that will be fun i'm doing uh, north carolina state at north carolina at chapel hill but it's, you will be in bristol people i will be in bristol it. dave pash is play-by-play he'll be in arizona marty smith is a sideline he'll actually be in chapel hill and uh it's ranked ranked and you know a good acc matchup uh, with North, North Carolina State, North Carolina, North Carolina loves to run the ball, loves to run the ball. Big offensive line. North Carolina State could have the best linebacking trio in the country. So that matchup to me is one to watch. And for North Carolina State, the bummer there, Devin Leary, their quarterback, broke his leg last week. So Bailey Hockman, who actually started the first two weeks because Leary was in contact tracing, uh, is back as the starter again. So that's a shame there. You know, with two ranked teams, you're going to the backup quarterback. Uh, but I, I think it'll be a good game. This is one where I'm really looking forward to watching the, the play in the trenches. Did you say what time it was on? Uh, noon. Noon on noon ESPN, on, ESPN right? on okay. Saturday, yes. Okay, good deal. Um, okay, we have a question from Megan. She says, um, obviously, it will probably be the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but who else... From the uh, will be the NFC representative. And I, uh, let's let's not yeah. let's not rush on the Chiefs. One of the big questions coming into that, well, two of the big questions was how is New England going to be with Cam at quarterback? And you see the struggles they're having. Cam had missed some time too. That doesn't help. Uh, you know, he's now got another week under his belt after last week's loss. They t- they host the 49ers this week, so they need to start getting into a groove. First time they've had a uh, not, they've been under 500 since I think the 1800s been ridiculous for them. But one of the other big questions was, how is Pittsburgh going to be with Ben back? And let me tell you, Pittsburgh is the best team in the AFC North. 
I think they're better than Baltimore. Baltimore is is having trouble gaining the traction that they had. Now, not to say that they can't get to it again. I think they can. But I love the way Pittsburgh is playing. You know they can run the ball decently well. Three excellent wide receivers with the emergence of Chase uh, Claypool, who we talked about even before, <laughs> even before uh, Mel Kiper and Todd yes. McShay did. Crown jewel right it's now. exactly <laughs> right. But Ben is playing well right now. Um, so I like what their offense is doing, and their defense is fantastic. And what a matchup this week they have! Two undefeateds, Tennessee, Vrabel doing one hell of a job. All that time they had for that facility closed. And when it opened back up, they had a game like three days later, and they won it over the Bills a couple of weeks ago. They're playing great, and they have Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry against that Pittsburgh defense I'm so looking forward to. So I get it with uh, the Chiefs because they can score a lot. But watch out right now, I say, for Pittsburgh. So those are the two teams with obviously Baltimore possibly in that as well. In the NFC, I mean, you were looking at Green Bay until Tampa Bay smoked them. Uh, New Orleans was my early pick, but they have not looked very good. Uh, I think Drew Brees is starting to look his age a little bit. Now they are getting Michael Thomas back, which I think is going to help them. Nobody in the NFC East, forget them. And then watch out for Seattle. And they have a big game at Arizona this week. If Arizona, with a couple of losses, is looking to try and take over that division, when you have your your division game against your division opponent at home, you got to win it. So Arizona needs to win this one at home. But I love Seattle. Russell Wilson right now is my is my MVP. Um, so few good matchups out there. If you're asking me right now out of the NFC, I, I'd have to lean toward uh, Seattle. Do you think some of the team's slow starts can be attributed to the lack of uh, the runway of the Oh, absolutely. Season. And where do you think is the point where you can truly judge where a team is at? Normally, we would talk about in a normal season, about a quarter of the season in, uh, that you kind of say, this is what we have. So now, you think a half is Well, I would say six games to, to, yeah, I'd say maybe half a season. But the difference is, is injuries never go away. We know that. But neither does contact tracing. You just saw with the Raiders, Trent Brown, their big uh, tackle, he tested positive, so they sent the whole offense, starting offensive line home. And as I've been talking to college coaches as well, they said the worst part, well, obviously the safety of everybody if they get the virus, that saying, goes yeah. without saying, but the worst part for those that, that come through it okay is not so much getting the virus, it's the contact tracing, where the players are fine, they haven't tested positive, but they were around somebody who tested positive. So the college players, basically 14 days. They're gone, right. and and they don't necessarily have the virus, but because of contract tracing, they miss time, and that's the one of the most damning things. As an athlete, you're like, I'm fine, I feel good, I'm ready to play, and you can't, and you can't even be out there on the field, right? So that can be difficult. So that's something that's not going to go away. You don't know when an injury is going to rear its head, and now you have this on top of it. But I, I would say halfway through the season. Uh, you know, you're going to start to get to know because New England is notorious for starting slow out of the gate, and then they, they are. Stride. They, they can be like, like I said, we're we're six games in, some a little less who had games postponed. I would say, yeah, a couple more games, and we we'll kind of get a better read. Gotcha. Uh, this one is from Shelley. She said, historically, the NFL MVP award has been dominated by offensive players. Of the 57 winners, only two defensive players and one special teams player have ever won it. 
Do you think 2020 will continue the trend? And who is your current favorite to win the award? I, I do think it's going to, I think like the Heisman Trophy, uh, I, I've, I've grown weary of those awards because they end up being quarterback awards. And I get it. Quarterback touches the ball every play. Quarterback on, on a really good team is usually going to, normally going to have a good year. We've seen years where a defense carries a team or a running team like San Francisco uh, last year getting to the Super Bowl based on running and defense. Um, the, the, I mean, if you, do you want to throw Derrick Henry in there? I don't think many people will. I think a lot of people think the running back position oh, is going Wow, by. he's such a game oh, changer. Oh, my. Let me tell he you is what. He's so fun to watch. He's a freak. He to is. watch a man that big knock people down, stiff arm them. <laughs> what he did to Josh Norman was, was, was criminal. But the way he runs, and then when he gets in an open space, he outruns you. I did an event with him at the Super Bowl uh, one year where we uh, we were dressed up clothes more, and, and, and what a human being he is! He is such a good looking young man to uh, to boot, right. but so big it is it is scary to think of a guy that big in the open field. I'll never forget that picture with Mark Ingram on the sidelines. Oh of my God, Mark him. Ingram looked his like little brother. Right. Yeah. How a DB goes up to him and doesn't tackle him at the ankles, I have no idea. I have no idea what Josh Norman was doing, uh, and he paid the price for it. But I don't think he's going to win it. Last year he led the league in rushing, and they they went pretty, you know, and remember this is a regular season award. He was a regular season leading rusher. Uh, so I don't think he does. I think it's Russell Wilson. I think Ryan Tannehill has is, is basically told a lot of people, shut the F up. Mm-hmm. Because everybody said, well, he can't throw the ball well. Uh, they need to rely on the running. But he's throwing the ball well. And it's they, crazy and they, what a change of yeah, scenery has done for that guy. And that team really throws a lot to run instead of run to throw. They, they mix it up pretty well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers probably took a little step back um, there. Uh, you're asking me right now, it's Russell Wilson. Okay. I, I kind of agree. Uh, um, going back to Derrick Henry, is he the kind of back that would get a big contract from somebody? Well, like, well is he going to be the you know the well, outlier? Well, no? no, no. Christian McCaffrey was Christian right. because Christian would McCaffrey. You put him in that same? Well, he doesn't catch the ball as much as McCaffrey. If you're going to be, if your if your kid is young and he is a running back. I, 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 I'm not telling you to go tell the coach what to do, but a lot well, of offense. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. But what a lot of offenses are doing is you don't just use the running back as a running back. They become a dual threat. Catch the ball in the backfield. Not just run routes out of the backfield. Line up in the slot. Line up wide. That's what backs need to do. That's the back of the NFL. That's Christian McCaffrey. That's what you need. That's Saquon Barkley. Can run well and catch the ball out of the backfield well. Be that mismatch. That's what Le'Veon Bell was right. in Pittsburgh. Hell, Marshall Falk years ago for the Rams when he did that. Now Le'Veon you know, going to the Chiefs, he'll be a piece. He's not what he was, right. so don't expect that. But he can be a hell of a piece because he can be a mismatch uh, in the passing game. So... Derrick Henry is starting to catch the ball out of the backfield a little more, which is good because pure running backs, the Adrian Peterson type thing, a guy who's walking into the Hall of Fame, don't get me wrong, but that kind of, that is kind of, if you have that person now, they're part of a two headed monster normally. You, if the one back's going to stay out there for three downs, he damn well better be able to, to A, catch the ball, and B, pick up a, bl- a blitz and block so his quarterback doesn't get killed. Going back to Le'Veon Bell, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, and that whole thing has kind of backfired on him. You know, he was with the Steelers <clears throat> and was just, you know, enjoying a terrific career, and it's kind of stalled out now because of the team he was on and the circumstances, injuries, whatnot. 
But do you think that will give people pause for holding out a whole year? It depends on what you want. Le'Veon Bell wanted to be the highest paid running back. Le'Veon Bell was going for the money. And listen, I you can't blame these guys. I mean, no. you, your your career is short. The running back career, I mean, you you're if you get out of that rookie deal and get that monster next deal, a lot of times that's it. And that's what Le'Veon Bell was was trying for. He's trying for that big deal. I still got to think his career mattered to him, though. Uh, well, and I think it's kind of... I, I think you also believe that your talent travels anywhere. Just like a quarterback, if a quarterback's failing, a coach will take him because a coach has enough thought of his own coaching ability, I'll make him a better quarterback over here than he was over there. You always think, hell, I was an average player, and I still thought, I go here, I go there, I'm still going to play well. So I'm sure Le'Veon said, well, I'll go help the Jets and I'll play well. But his prime reason was money. And again, I'm not saying anything is wrong with that, but that ended up being the situation. He got a lot of money. He went to a a, a system where it didn't go well. He got injured. That coach doesn't have a long, long tenure there. Uh, So, uh, you know, he got what he wanted in the money. But it cost him from the on the field. So we'll see if what he can re- resurrect with the Chiefs. I personally have to say, uh, you know, I wa- still, even though you're not on air, I still watch a lot of ESPN. Yeah. And I get really frustrated with players calling teams like having no heart or being soft. Like, yeah. That kind of talk really, I guess it's because uh, I've been around players and. And I'm surprised that other players put that moniker on. Even though, even though you played and, 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 you talk about it and having to analyze. I, I don't like going down that road. I can't see in a man's chest, right. you know, his heart, you know, his desire. I mean, if it's really apparent on film, you can see it. And as a player, you can see it. But I'm with you. I, I, I'm not a big fan of that calling. A team, someone, you want someone soft, if you see them jogging or shying away from taking a hit and you can visibly see that, maybe you could go down that road. But you re- really damn well better be right about it. Well, and to label um, but, somebody that, but you, but then to call say a team, right. an entire team. Right. I mean, come on, that that to me is going too far. Don't you think there's a lot of components that go into what why a team succeeds and why a team fails? There, there's a there's a lot. Yeah, uh, and I'll, I'll get into that a little bit with the Cowboys and, and, and what have been going on with some anonymous players uh, or players who re- will re- remain anonymous. They want to remain anonymous. Uh, said about the coach and such. Right. Do you think it's panic time for the Packers after the Tampa Bay debacle? No, the the, the panic is when Bakhtiari, the left tackle, is laying on the ground. That's the panic. Right. Um, that that's one of the best left tackles in the league. There, there's your panic. You you know all, they were playing so well, and all of a sudden they had one bad game. You can't say, oh, pff, well, they're done. I Even mean, good teams stub their toe. Now how many again. how many yeah. teams are sixteen and zero? Right. I mean, you're going to stub your toe without a doubt. You know, all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers can't not throw the ball, and Aaron, you know, Jones isn't a great runner and catching the ball in the backfield. Right. And you know, Devontae Adams can't catch the ball either. So now, I, I, I still, uh, I don't see Seattle's undefeated now, but do I see anybody pulling away in the NFC East because Tampa Bay had already lost a couple? You thought maybe wait, they weren't as good as they right. were, but. They had that big win over an undefeated Green Bay team. So I think you're seeing a muddle of teams in the NFC uh, trying to separate themselves. Okay, one last one. Uh, This is for Terry. Will my Bills ever win a Super Bowl in my lifetime? I'm 38. And if you don't think so, what what piece are they missing that you think that they need to? Well, I mean, their defense is playing tough. I think they like their quarterback. I mean, the most impressive thing to me about Josh Allen is the fact that 
he came into the league with a bad completion percentage, and that's tough to fix. And and he seemingly has. Uh, last year, we all loved him, especially toward the end of the year, because he ran so well. But now he's throwing well. So, you know, uh, shore up, you know, like O-line, more weapons for him to throw to. A better running game. You know, people thought, would they be in the hunt for Le'Veon Bell? Right. Uh, but I, I think you need to get that young, that young, really good running back. Uh, uh, to develop, so that's probably the direction to go. I I don't know, you know, you got Kansas City where they just locked up a ton of their best players, an incredible job with the cap, especially Mahomes and the other players that they locked up. Pittsburgh, it all depends on on um, on uh, Ben Roethlisberger how long he's going to be around. Lamar Jackson is young, and they build well in the offseason in Baltimore as well. So I I think it's iffy. Uh, for Buff doesn't mean they can't do it, have that one magical year. But I look at some of the other teams in the AFC that I think are further along and can stay that way for Mo- a bit. Most teams who go far also avoid the injury bug. Yes, and I think that plays a big part in a team's success. Too. Some of that is training. Some of yeah. that is a lot of it yeah. is luck. Yeah, uh, as well. So yeah. yeah. So. All right, I'm going to leave you on your Is that own it? Now. You're yeah, leaving you're me? you're going to fly solo now. Oh, my God. I'm truly flying solo here. That's a little stunning. I'm a little nervous about the whole thing. But, uh, but I will. So first thing, let's, uh, you know, I, I talked about the game uh, that I was doing, North Carolina State and North Carolina, Saturday at uh, noon on ESPN. But also what we have in college football this week, the, big, the biggest difference from the previous weeks, you know, we still are having some postponements. We're still having the COVID cases, but the Big Ten starts play, and then after them will be the the Pac-12 will start play. But the Big Ten starts this weekend. Teams to uh, keep an eye on there: Penn State, uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin. I think those are the three to keep an eye on. As a matter of fact, not this weekend. And again, I'm taping this. Uh, on a Thursday, October 22nd, before whatever the game's coming up on the 24th. The following weekend, what a monster matchup you're going to have with Ohio State and Penn State. That is going to be uh, a big matchup. I think it's still going to be Ohio State that comes out of the Big Ten, but if that's going to, that game is going to be a monster game to see. Again, where these teams are, this, that would only be next, next weekend, will only be the second week these guys are playing. So they've dealt with COVID, they dealt with non-practice, they dealt with some guys at practice. Uh, so, uh, you know, I talked to one coach during the games I was doing this year, and at one point they had between positive tests and contact tracing, they had like 80 players out for a little while. So it, it's crazy what you have to work with and the cohesiveness you're trying to get. So the Big T- uh, Ten is now going to start this weekend. That huge game is next weekend. There'll be others as well. And remember... The Big Ten can't afford a postponement. They are going straight through playing every single weekend until the Big Ten Championship on December 19th. So if they have to postpone a game, they can't make it up. So they've put themselves in a very difficult position. I'll go back and say again, I think the Big Ten and the Pac-12 made a hasty decision in shutting everything down. You know, understandably listening to the the doctors and, and and the locales they are, but to shut it down instead of just saying, we have time, we'll see what happens. Kind of like uh, the SEC did that started at the end of September, said we have a little more time, let's, let's, let's let things play out a little more. And I, I just think the Big Ten and the Pac-12 put themselves in a bad situation. We'll see. Fingers crossed that everybody gets all their games in. Uh, I'd say the odds are against it, the way things are going right now, but, uh, but, but time, time will tell. 
Uh, looking at the NFL, um, first some some really off the field situations, and we kind of alluded to it a bit when we were talking uh, about players talking or being called soft and that. Well, uh, there's a lot going out about the players for the Dallas Cowboys have come out and basically said they have issues with the coaches. And they didn't put their name to it. And that, that's that been going around. And, and they've, been getting, they've been getting basically you know destroyed by a lot of people in the media. And, and I understand it, certainly to a point. I, I don't know about calling an entire team soft, uh, by, by an entire team, I think that that's going a little far. Uh, but everybody is entitled to their opinion. But what I'll say is, and I've said this forever, and I, I've been a locker room guy, and I've never been a guy, um, even even when I've been in the media, and you know you have the your NFL insiders, and when I was in the media, you have your media insiders that when I was playing football or in the media would contact me and say, hey, do you, uh, do you have a comment about this or a comment about that? And I would never do it anonymously. I either said, no, I don't, that's staying in-house, or, uh, or, or I'm saying, uh, or if I tell you something, you can put my name on it. I, will, I would never, ever give a comment and say, don't use my name. I, I think that that is, that is chicken shit. I just do. I just do. If you're willing to say it to somebody, be willing to put your name on it. And if you're that frustrated but you don't want to put your name on it, then you know what? Keep your mouth shut. You know, don't don't get it out there into the, the social media world and in the media world and, and your name isn't on it. I am not a fan of that at all. So uh, I disagree completely with the players who did that. I think it's wrong to do. And also, you know, you you, you got to look in the mirror some. You know, last I checked... You're not missing a tackle, or the coaches aren't missing tackles. The coaches aren't fumbling the ball. The coaches aren't making fundamental errors on the football field. When my thought is, man, when you play that perfect game, you can go ahead and stand up on the mountaintop and start mouthing off about everything. And I don't know a lot of people that have played a perfect game. Um, you better, if you're going to point the finger, you better be ready to pull the thumb as well and say and, and, and incorporate everybody. Hey, we have problems, and you know what? You better start with yourself on how you can get better, and then and talk about it with the team. That's another thing that irks me. And this is what I don't know. Uh, all those things those players, any players have said, do they say them in the locker room to the coaches, to the other players, before they say something publicly? Uh, that's another thing I, I just absolutely detest is, man, you, you got people sitting right there in the locker room or right there in your... I, I, how many times I've knocked on a coach's door to have a discussion with them uh, about something. Man, they're right there. Talk to people face-to-face. I don't understand in this world, I guess it's a world of, of you know, you can type something, you know, uh, to somebody instead of saying it to them, of saying something to somebody. If you disagree, there's nothing wrong with disagreeing. It doesn't have to lead to a fight. It doesn't have to lead, you know, to a shouting match. Maybe it, maybe it, it will. Maybe people get mad at one another. But you know what? You're allowed to disagree. And there's nothing wrong with disagreeing face-to-face. Take care of any issues you feel you have. If you, as a player, you feel really strongly that you don't like the way something is going, go talk to the coach. And if they did, then I'm glad they did. You know, I'm glad they did. But if they didn't, then then that's an issue. Don't run to the media and say, don't use my name, but this is going on and, and not have talked to anybody. I can't stand that. So, you know what? Everybody's everybody's a grown-up. You know, discuss it. You know, you, you, you get criticized in film 
as I said, you haven't played the perfect game, so you can take the criticism and film. Well, if you feel you need to say something to someone else, they're right there. You're in that facility every single day. Have the discussion there. Work on it there because you would like to have a cohesive locker room. And now all of a sudden, when you do that, when the anonymous quotes come out, now everybody gets asked that. Now the media comes in and there's cracks in the in the wall. And they'll they'll go in those cracks and, and it's their job. I'm not saying they're wrong for doing it, you know, in, in trying to find out who it is or asking questions about it, and then it stays in there and it festers a bit. So uh, I disagree with the anonymous. Put your name on it if you want to say something. And hopefully, before you do it publicly, you know, maybe do it privately uh, as well. Uh, and then there's the situation in Miami. Uh, gang, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's They are making Tua Tungavola the starter. And they have a bye this week. And then coming up next week, Tua is going to be the starter. He got in at the end of the last game, a blowout win for them over the Jets. And now they're going to start him. You have the Miami Dolphins are sitting at 3-3. Three and three. The Buffalo Bills are 4-2. and two. New England is 2-3, and three, and the Jets are winless. The Miami Dolphins are one game out of first place. Ryan Fitzpatrick, while he does have seven interceptions, I think 10 touchdowns, he's playing some pretty good ball. It's a younger team. That's the Flores is kind of rebuilding that team, and I get it. I love what he's doing down, down there in Miami. And it's a younger team, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing well, well enough for them right now to be at 500. I, I'm, I, and I know Brian Flores said two has been looking good in practice. He understands that. I'll go back to the year Kansas City uh, had Alex Smith at, at quarterback and Pat Mahomes. They drafted him, and he didn't play, but very, very sparingly that year. And Kansas City went into the playoffs, and, you know, Alex Smith took them so far into the playoffs before, you know, they made that change the following year. And and I'm not saying Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing like Alex Smith, but he's got them in a division that isn't, that the Bills seem to be the, the better team right now. We'll see if New England can find their footing a little bit with Cam. But Miami's right there. I have I, I thought at eight games, ten games, this might be a two and six team, a three and seven team if it were ten games. And then you say, okay, we're out of this thing. Let's put Tua in. Let's get him his reps. Let's get him his eyes watered, his nose bloodied. Let's get him let him see games at full speed and get some experience that way. And and I, but I don't understand this. And I know Stephen Ross, the owner, is probably looking at. Uh, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, and looking at uh, Herbert, Justin Herbert, out in uh, with the Chargers, that they're playing pretty well, and saying, well, "All right, you know, our guy, let, let's put our guy guy in. We think he could play pretty well." Here's the difference: Cincinnati, they weren't going anywhere. This is a a bottom of the division team, and that's where they're going to be. So you put your rookie quarterback out there, and you say, "You you know, develop into the leader of this team." Get your learning done. Herbert, he got he got the job when uh, Terod Taylor got his lung punctured by his own doctor taking a shot before a game. And granted, he has played well, but they're also a team that has one win. They're one and four. They're not winning that division. There's Kansas City in that division. Uh, the the Raiders are over five hundred in that division. So they're not winning it. So Anthony Linda said Justin Herbert is the starter now, and I get it. Let them learn because you're not winning anything. Miami is a game out of first place. 
I'm sorry, you can't tell me from practice Tua gives us a better chance to win than Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't, I don't buy it. And I know I, I, I know I said Patrick Mahomes wouldn't come in that following year and, and play that well because he would be his first year. And, of course, he shut me up with 50 touchdowns. But I, I don't understand this. And, and, and listen, I think Tua could be a really good quarterback at some point. But why now? And, why, and, and, and I got to wonder what the other veterans in that locker room are thinking right now. Saying, wait a minute, we're a game out of first, and we're now going to put the rookie in? They may like him, and they may think he's going to eventually be well, but he is going to be a rookie, and he's going to make some rookie mistakes. And I know he gives him uh, some extra firepower in the fact that he can run as well, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I do not, uh, I do not understand this move at all of starting him right now. We will see how it play out. It plays out as Brian Flory's decision, them in management. I wonder how much Stephen Ross, the owner, had any input. If he did, I do not know. You just wonder. Uh, if he did or not. So we will see how that uh, plays out. Another question I've been hearing from, well, first let me go to uh, people talking about Antonio Brown. And should Antonio Brown be back in the league? Or forgetting that, he's going to get the opportunity, you know, should someone take him. Turns out after week eight, so a couple of more weeks, his suspension will be over and he'll be free not only to sign but to play uh, right away. And you hear teams like Seattle uh, that are interested in him. And I've always been asked, should he play? And I'm, I'm like, listen, if the guy, the talent he had in Pittsburgh was undeniable. Undeniable, the talent that he had. He's not that guy anymore. Don't expect that guy anymore. And we know what he is off the field as well. Okay, you, you, you know, don't act like he's going to change. He is going to be who he is. Okay, that's what he does. So a team that takes him. So they say, what team should take him? I'll tell you a team that should take him. A team that takes him is got to be a team that's willing to say this didn't work. Goodbye. Much like Le'Veon Bell going to Kansas City. They're in a position where, hey, you give it a shot. This is Bill Belichick would do this all the time. Bring in that guy who has a lot of talent, and you know what? If it doesn't work, they're not afraid in one week, in two weeks, in three weeks to call him in and say, hey, we gave it a shot, it's not working, be on your way. So, And, and Kansas City could do that with Le'Veon Bell if it doesn't work out. They're that type of organization uh, with Andy Reid and how that organization is run. Same thing in Seattle. That's an organization where if it doesn't work, you cut bait. You don't go, I don't see Antonio Brown going to a young team with a young quarterback for the, the influence that he may have or the, the what may go on with a team like that. He would need to go to a team with a strong personality head coach, a well-respected head coach, and a head coach that would say, you know what, if this isn't working in one, two, three, four weeks, you're gone. And they'll get him for a low price, and it won't do any damage to him. So... Somebody will sign him, most likely somebody will sign him, but if it's not working, that somebody, I think, would not have a problem just going ahead and releasing him. The other question I'm I'm getting asked a lot, or I see out there uh, an awful lot, is about Trevor Lawrence and the Jets. The Jets right now, the only winless team in the NFL. Uh, We have a bunch of one-win teams, but they're the only winless team. And, and, And listen, they look bad. They, they, they just flat out look bad. So the first thing I'll say, and I've said this before, if they do end up with a number one pick, I, I wouldn't even hesitate. I would turn in the card right away that said Trevor Lawrence. 
and Sam Darnold would not be the quarterback of the Jets anymore. And I know there's so many people out there that are saying, you know, it's not Sam Darnold's fault. Well, no, it's not Sam Darnold's fault. It's a bad team right now. Sam Darnold, unfortunately, doesn't have a lot of great weapons to throw to. But that's, you know what? That's life. That's business. That's the way it goes. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a better NFL quarterback than Sam Darnold. That's my opinion. I certainly can't say it as a fact because you can be, we've seen great quarterbacks in college not be great in the pros. But I'm seeing a lot of the same stuff with Darnold. As I said when he got drafted, turnovers in college, turnovers in the pros. And people will keep saying, yeah, but the team around him. I get it. Yeah, but the team around him still got the turnovers coming. So first and foremost, if they have the number one pick, I would hesitate not even a half a second in doing what actually the Cardinals did in bringing in Kyler Murray after they had taken Josh Rosen the year before. This has been a couple of years, obviously, with Darnold. Wouldn't hesitate one second. Now, what people are saying is, would Trevor Lawrence go back into the draft if the Jets had the first pick? Would his people say, we so badly don't want him to go to the Jets that he should go back into the that he should go back and play his last year of college football. Because remember, he's only a junior. So he could actually go back and play again. Wouldn't the Clemson fans love that? Um, so I I would say no, that's not going to happen. What what I would say is and what players have done, and I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence would do this by any stretch. For a while, people said Joe Burrow was saying this about Cincinnati, and it turned out it was not true. That he said, I, I will not play for Cincinnati if they drafted me. Uh, he said that that was not true. So what Trevor Lawrence could do, you know, you saw that with uh, John Elway. Uh, he said if the Colts drafted him, number we wouldn't play for them. You saw that with Eli Manning. He said if the Chargers drafted him, he wouldn't play for him, And they worked out that trade uh, with, uh, with, uh, for Eli Manning and, and with, with uh, Phillip Rivers. So Trevor Lawrence, people could certainly say, hey, Jets, if you draft me, I'm not going. I, I, not necessarily I'm going back to college, but I'm not going to you. Now, if they drafted him and he truly didn't want to play, then he would either go back to college or he would, he would uh, uh, just prepare for the NFL. But quite honestly, if he, uh, after the season, he signs with an agent and does all those things, he can't go back and play college football anyway. So he would just sit the year if he signed with an agent, went through the process that said he couldn't come back to play in college anymore, that he would just train for a year. But I, I, I don't know Trevor Lawrence, uh, at all. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll just say I don't think he would do that, but I don't know factually if he would do that for not, uh, or not, but, but very rarely do you see a number one pick actually go back to school because they didn't want to go. They'll go back to school because, like uh, Peyton Manning said, he wanted to go back and play another year. You know, outside of Trevor Lawrence saying, you know what, I want to go back. I'm having so much fun winning and throwing for thousands of yards and winning national championships. I want to go do it again. I don't think it's going to be, well, Jets, if you pick me, I'm, uh, I'm not going to play for you. I don't think uh, that is going to happen. Again, I don't factually know that. But I, I don't think that is going to happen. Uh, so that's uh, that's pretty much all I have for this time around on the Flying Solo podcast. Again, not so solo, especially the first part of it uh, with my wife. I hope uh, you all enjoy uh, the games, what's going on. The World Series, as of me, uh, this taping is tied 1-1 uh, between the Dodgers and Tampa Bay. Like any other series that I'd like to see in playoffs or championships, I want it to go the distance. 
I wanted to go seven games. I wanted to come down to the last inning of the seventh game. That's what I would love to see. So we'll see where that goes. But enjoy all the sports. You know, coming up next week, I believe we uh, we or, or in a couple of weeks, we've got the Masters uh, coming up. So a lot of things still out there because of all the things that got pushed uh, from COVID. Uh, we have a lot of sports coming up that we normally don't have at this time. So enjoy them all. Uh, again, this will be under the uh, Soaring Advance Golic Family Podcast. Under that umbrella, wherever you get your podcast, you can uh, subscribe, rate, and review all you want. And, uh, and I'll do this again next week. All right, everybody take care.